Psalms 121.1. Praise God. Psalms 121.1. When I was growing up in school, there was a book, and I don't know how prevalent it is now in elementary school and junior high and high school, but I've given uh, this sermon the, the title of that book. Uh, it might have been the author, uh, his name eludes me at this time, uh, but I, the title was Men to Match My Mountains, Hallelujah. Josie was from East L.A., but she remembers that book. Uh, John Stein, Stein, Steinbeck, one of them Jewish guys, Hallelujah. Uh, John Steinbeck was a writer. It was called Men to Match My Mountains. And we're going to be talking about mountains, three mountains in particular here today. And in Psalms 121, verse 1, very, very well-known portion of Scripture. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the where? Hills or mountains. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. I will look up unto the hills from which comes my what? Help. But from the hills, you might also say, I will lift up my eyes from, unto the hills from which comes my trials. I will look up into the, lift up my eyes into the hills from which cometh my testings, tribulations, my difficulties, my hard times. Once again, here I go. How many have had a trial or 39 this week? All right. Ah, triple power here. And that's not, you know, this is algebra. This is not math. That's to the third power for you algebra freaks. Oh, we're getting really into teaching you today, huh? <laughs> that's, that, that, that's big time. Uh, but that happens, especially at the point in place that our church is at right now. They don't like us. He, pow, he hits hard. Uh, but thank God I've been through a few trials. Amen. I'll say amen for you and me. Uh, because, man, we got to be able to withstand the wiry darts of the enemy. Be not ignorant of his devices. In other words, come on. Don't think it's strange. Duh. I wasn't expecting this. Well, then you weren't reading your Bible. Then you have not heard a sermon from Pastor Steve. Because one time, I'm going to tell you, like it is and will be. Uh, I mean, them that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not going to be easy. But I'm going to look up to the hills from which comes my help. My help cometh from the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Father, I pray as we look to you and your mountains, I pray for men to match those mountains. That's what Steinbeck was talking about. Men that will not shun from trial. Men that will not shun from hardships. Men and women, Lord God, that will look adversity in the face and say, hey, I've been there before. With the help of God, I can do it again, devil. Is that your best shot? <laughs> God's got more power. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And we'll put the devil on the run. I ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody together said, Amen. Amen. Greet one another one more time in the love of the Lord. Shake a few hands prior to your being seated. Now, I, in a sense, I'm going to be very honest here. I hesitated to speak this sermon here tonight because I didn't think there was going to be that many people. I said, man, I like this sermon. But God kept telling me, hit it, 
hit it. Then when the little gang girl got up here, uh, didn't she talk about what? Uh, Angelica, what did you talk a lot about? What, do, what are the, some of the words you said? What's what that one word you said? Mountains. Mountains. Then I knew that this is God. So I would dare say this sermon is especially for you. Because we're going to learn something here today about adversity and mountains. Okay? Here I want to illustrate, okay, to our lives by the using of the hills or, or mountains. Here the psalmist was saying that he needed mountains because these were the very things that sent him what? Help. Mountains were the things that brought him help. He says, I'm going to look to the hills, the mountains, because that's where my help comes from. The hills, not necessarily the valleys, but the mountains. And we can see that the psalmist says, hills, plural. Are you with me? Man, we're going to have some teaching here today. Talking about algebra and now plurals, pluralistic. Uh, in other words, it's not singular. Oh my God, I feel like a grammar teacher. Uh, plural. In other words, it's hills. Not heal. So it was, man, I made it through that one. It ain't over, Harold. Look up. There's another one to go through. Uh, if you're a Christian, come on. What did Pastor Sonny say? He feels like he's either coming out of a trial, in the middle of a trial, or going into a trial. That's the way, that's the way it is. You've got plenty of time to rest. When you get to heaven. Uh, you can hang out as long as you want. Uh, roam the streets of gold. You can go home anytime you want, children. Hallelujah. Uh, aye, aye, aye. So he's talking plural here. Not a hill. Okay. He's referring to actually a mountain range. That's what he's talking about. Um, pioneers, they had to go through these things. Victorians, we are in the pioneering stage. Which only stands the reason if we're pioneering, I had to pioneer the work, my wife and I here and my son uh, in, in, in Hayward, then we're going to have some ranges in our lives. It's not going to just be one hill or another one. No, no, no. A number of hills that we're going to have to go through. Mountain ranges in our lives. If we want to do anything significant for God. Those who just go through one hill or two hill, uh, uh-uh. But we're from Union City. We go through seven hills. I'm just staying awake here. Hallelujah. Uh, that's God's number anyways. <laughs> uh, now, look at Deuteronomy eleven eleven. Deuteronomy chapter eleven, verse eleven. We're going to cover quite a few portions of scripture here today. I'm not going to go too fast. I ordinarily do, but I feel led to take my time. Because I already read this sermon through a few times and, oh, I can hardly wait to preach it to myself. I feel like taking out my quote already, but I will. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of what? Mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. That's the land we're going to take too. Listen, when we get, and this is not in my notes, but when we get to, to Schaefer and Huntwood, don't think, oh, we can just coast now. Merrily, merrily, merrily. The land you're going to take is a land of mountains and valleys. That's where we're going. Don't think it's going to be easier. Oh, now we got our church. We're going to mountains. 
not going to be easy. It hasn't been easy getting there, and it ain't going to be easy once we're there. That's not the end of the road. That's just the means of staying on the Calvary Road. That's all that is. It's a means. It's not an ends. So we need to understand that. See, when the Jews, when they first, you know, arrived there in Canaan or Palestine, the Promised Land, it was a bit uh, eerie to him, to the Jewish individual, okay? Because he was mostly used to plains and valleys of Egypt. I saw my family laughing at me, putting on my glasses. Well, that's just a mountain I'll have to go through. I've been through a few. Aye, aye, aye. Blame it on the poor lighting here. But in the mountain over there that we're going to have, we're going to have plenty of light. I want to make sure of that. Because I don't want to wear glasses. Uh, but they were used to valleys of Egypt. They were not the Nile River. That's where they'd been in. They were not used to the, to, to the mountain and, and all these hills and all that stuff. They weren't used to it, the Jewish people, the Israelites. Okay? So these mountains and these mountain rangers, were, they were rather threatening to the Jew and to the Jews. They were threatening and rather frightening because they were foreign to them. Okay? See, none of us like things that we're not used to. Am I not right? Uh, but somehow, my friend, through the years, through time, the Jew figured out that the mountains and the hills were a benefit to them. Did you hear me? In season, in due season, they figured out, hey, when they first get their plan, I don't like these hills. They're eerie. They're scary. I told you when I first came into the men's home in, in Los Angeles, I mean, the biggest thing that I knew was an avocado tree. And I've told you that before. That was the biggest thing in my neighborhood. Uh, and I used to climb them things to get away from, hallelujah. Uh, hiding in the avocado trees. So when I went into L.A. and they took me down through those big skyscrapers, I was like, ooh, I didn't want to look. I've told you that because I got dizzy. I don't know if any of you from the valley, the country, whatever, I got dizzy going through L.A. I was like, ooh. Didn't even want to look. Things were big. That's the way it was with the Jews. But sooner or later, the Jews get into to Canaan's fair land. Okay, they, they cross into Palestine and they don't like the hills. But the Bible begins to tell us here, they figured it out. David figured it out because he was a Jew himself. He says, hey, listen, the hills, we need the hills. They're, they're important. They bring refreshment upon us. They bring water for us. Man, them hills are all right. Didn't like them at first. How many loved trials when they first got saved? Uh, ah, mama told me not to come. Uh, that's for you older people that three dog night you. Hallelujah. Uh, mama told me. Uh, there'd be days like this. Nobody told me. I thought being, once I was saved, all my troubles are going to go away. James says, count it all joy. Welcome. When troubles come, hey, come on in, trouble, trial, sit down, sit down. Make yourself at home, you know. Want some coffee? The Jews figured it out. They said, man, I need these deals. I need trials in my life. Because that's where I get my help. Uh, they were a benefit to them. Though they were a little frightened of the hills and the mountains at first, the Jew came to realize that God had put these mountains and these mountain ranges there in the midst for a reason and for a purpose. And it wasn't to curse them. It was rather, the Bible says, to bless them. Or to be a blessing. 
Just like troubles and trials. Long sermons. I will lift up my ears unto the preacher from whence cometh my help. That's where you're going to get your help. Word of God changed my life. I mean, I, I love the word of God. I mean, it is a light unto my path uh, and a lamp unto my feet. This thing keeps me going here. Uh, so you need to pay attention. Uh, and even if you're not, it's okay because I, I, I talk loud enough that it's going to get in there somehow or another. Uh, you're going to get it. Uh, you're going to get it. See, the bigger the mountain, the more it can do for us. It stands to reason, doesn't it? There's more water there. There's more hunting there. There's more deer there. There's more, you know, uh, food there. The bigger the mountain, the bigger the blessing. So it also stands to reason, the bigger the trial, the bigger the blessing. Roy de la Garza one time sat behind this pulpit here in our church. And I say here because our church is here and there and everywhere. Uh, and I don't remember where it was, but it was in one of them places. But it was our pulpit. And he told us something. He said, Pastor Steve, I want to prophesy to you. He says, the pendulum swings as far to the east as it does to the west. Man, I received it right away. It fell into my spirit. In other words, man, and we were going through it at that time. And at this time, and at that time, and at this time, and at that time. You know, take your pick. <laughs> uh, but the harder the trial, the harder, the, the, the more the pendulum swings to, the, swings to the west, the longer and the harder it swings to the east. Just as big as the trials are, that's how big your blessings are going to be. We need to understand that. Uh, see, the larger a certain mountain is in our lives, the stronger and the more blessed and the more refreshing that certain mountain will be in our lives. I will look into the hills from which comes my help. The bigger the mountain, the bigger the help. Uh, we need to understand that. Now, let's cover four, three mountains, just three mountains, okay, that come or that we can glean from, all right? Three mountains that can form a strong mountain range in our lives. Mountain number one is Mount Sinai. Okay, Mount Sinai. We're going to cover three mountains. Sinai, Calvary, and Hebron. First of all, here Mount Sinai. Sinai, Sinai excuse me, was a mountain where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Sinai, Mount Sinai stands for uncompromising morality. That's what it stands for. Uncompromising morality. The Ten Commandments. Moses went up. And all of you have seen the, the movie, The Ten Commandments? Moses went up. And he, when he came down, he had, had a, needed a veil because it was in the God's presence. And in God's presence, God gave him the, the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. And he came down and he brought them down from Mount Sinai to the people, to the Jews as they were leaving Egypt. See, we need to be people of morals, people of the law, because that's what it stands for. He brought down the Ten Commandments, the law. He brought the law down with him, and God gave him all kinds of instruction. Jude 21 says, and I often quote the scripture, Jude 21 says, stay always within the boundaries where God's love can richly bless you and keep you. That's why I tell our men some, stay in God's boundaries where God's love can richly bless you and keep you. Ditto for the women's home, ditto for the church. Stay in God's grace level for your life, in God's boundaries. Don't get out of God's grace level because when you're there, you're not going to find no help. I will look into the hills from which comes my help. But you get out of God's grace. Ah, oh, man. You're on your own. No, you're not. Devil's there with you. Ah. Uh, there you go. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's messing with you here, but you got God to cover you, take care of you. But when you get over here, 
Uh, uh, uh. It's you and Big Red. And since we're not from Texas, I'm not talking about the soda. Hallelujah. All right. Uncompromising morality. See, Sinai must be one of the mountains because it helps keep us in check. It helps keep us in the boundaries. It helps keep us in lines because we understand the law. How easy, how easy it is for us to, to compromise and to get out of line. And I'll wait for an amen. It happens to the best. Uh, I've said it before. You think I'm just saying it just to talk out of the side of my neck? The best fall, but the best get up. That happens. Uh, that happens. The best fall. And I've mentioned before, and I'll say it from the hands of Paul, but I have not been perfect all my Christian life. My wife's right there. Uh, she knows. But I, that's why a lot of times I say, I'm going to go to heaven because I know what kind of material I'm made out of. I may not be perfect, but this guy, you're going to see him in heaven. Uh, where? Piñata number four. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to look for me? I'll be there. Uh, there's only three of them here on this, you know. Now let's go on. <laughs> I hope you can't get fat in heaven. <laughs> okay. See, being human, we have a way of, of wiggling out of our duties and our obligations. Let me read that one again. Us humans, we have a way of wiggling out of our duties, out of our obligations. We have a way of making the worse seem like the better. Huh? Man. You ever seen men in the men's home? Uh, and they're supposed to, oh, shh, don't tell them. You know, brother, what's our church? Oh, we're going to take care of the church. We're going to clean it today. We're going to, you know, oh, okay, yeah, fine. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, we have a way of wiggling out of our response, especially, at, especially in the home. Uh, listen, guys, I'm going to tell you the truth. When I was in the home, I looked for work. I looked for things to do. And I believe that's one of the reasons I'm still here today. Uh, I didn't try to wiggle out of my responsibility while some a few... Like, <laughs> i tell the truth. But, but I didn't, not that much. I mean, hey, I was grateful for what God had done for me. That's a good sign if you're going to make it. When you're right there, hey... Uh, as for me and my muscles, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. Didn't have too many back then. Uh, but I made it for, do what I had. Uh, but we try to do those things. We want to wiggle our way out. Uh, but there is a Sinai in the home called staff. I'm, just, I'm talking to the home right now, okay? In the home, we have a mountain, Mount Sinai, and, it, and, and the mountain is called the staff. And they'll make sure we're not trying to wiggle our way out of work and our responsibilities. So we can even get so good that we don't even know that we're compromising. Remember, Sinai means uncompromising morality. We can get so good at it. We, we nickel slick ourselves out of heaven, Pastor Cal used to say. Because now wiggling out of responsibility has now become a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Oh, we don't even know it. We're good at getting out of what we're supposed to be doing. Bible says, with, with, with King Saul, uh, he didn't even know the Holy Spirit had left him. He didn't even know it. Because he got so good at his lifestyle of wiggling out of his responsibility that he didn't even know it. It was just part of his, his, his life. 
was in his heart. There's a word called innate. It's already part of it. Innate means innatural, innatural. That's you on the natch, homeboy. Uh, and man, you're probably not going to end up in heaven. And that's, that's why we need teachings like this here today. It's very important, very vital. See, but when we have Sinai in our lives, standing tall with the clouds at, at, at the very peak of, the, of that mountain, we somehow know better. Why do you think many times I say to know God is to know better? It's one of my saints God has given me. To know God is what? To know better. Shame, shame. No, 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 no. If you know God, you know better. You know better than to get out of the boundaries where God's love can richly bless you and keep you. You know better. The devil made me do it. No, come on. Come on. You and the devil. You were chummy chummies. Uh, because if you know God, then you know better. You don't really even need to know the whole Bible yet. But the Holy Spirit will minister to you. He'll say, man, you're out of line, bro. That's not, that's not right. Uh, you shouldn't be checking her out. But she's not saved. I'm going to get her saved. Yeah, how many years from now? Uh, what is your plan? What is your strategy? Hallelujah. Uh, so to know God is to know better. Uh, but we're the better for it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When you do what God wants you to do, you're going to be the better person. And I tell people, and these are not on my notes, but I tell people, great choices give you great results. Regular choices give you regular results. Bad choices give you bad results. And me as a pastor, uh, can I know what I want for you? I want the best. So I want you to make best choices. Why? Because you'll end up with the best results. Um, it's happened in my life. God has been very, very good to me. Uh, because I've learned to try, by and large, to make the best decisions, the greatest decisions for my life and my family's life and for your life. Uh, that's why I believe we're going to have a great church someday. Uh, well, you, in a sense, I would dare say, you know, you guys are pretty good. It's a good church. Uh, and we're, we're getting better because we're shooting nothing but the best for the best. I will look up into the hills from which cometh my help. See, Sinai, it does away with compromise. And we need Sinai not only in our personal lives, but in our families, in our marriages, in our cities, in our nation, in our church, in our workplace, in our schools. Then we'll be better people when we do this. The second hill. So Sinai, and I like this hill. Sinai means uncompromising moralities. The second hill is the hill or the mountain, Mount Calvary. Okay? See, Calvary, it balances out Sinai. It balances out the law. Because Calvary ushers in the era of grace. With Sinai, you have the law. A lot of can't-do's. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not cover. Thou shalt not, 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 not. Uh, that's what Sinai has. And we need those things. Parents, don't we need our, our, our kids to, to stay in line? When our kids get out of line, out of our grace level, what do we do? Ta-da! You can run, but you can't hide. You got to come home for dinner sooner or later. Uh, we need that. We need, we need, hey, you know, and for you parents, some of you heard me say this before, but, and some of you are going to be parents. And here's a, let me give you some advice. Some of you already know it. 
But a lot of our times our kids, how come we can't do this? How come we can't go? How come, how come, how come? Remember, not the whiners, but the whiners. Why, 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 why can't we? Why can't we? Why can't we? The whiners, not the whiners. And my favorite answer to them, and they know what I'm going to say right now. I tell them, Stephanie, well, Stephen, my only begotten. I tell them, when you have your own family, if you, be, you can let your kids do anything they want since you believe in that. Because you believe in letting the kids do what they're... You, you, you kids think you, you, you're right and you know what's right and we don't. And you want to... Listen, then when you have your children, do it. Let your kids do what they want. But it's for me and my house. Uh, sorry, not this one. Um, because we've been there. We, we, we know what's best for them. We need Sinai. But then also we need love. We need, we need Calvary. See, Calvary ushers in grace, forgiveness, and a spirit of love. The letter killeth, the Bible says, but the spirit gives it life. The law was a schoolmaster. That's what the Bible says in Galatians. It, it could only tell you what was wrong with you, but it couldn't make you better. Sinai tells you what's wrong with you, but it can't make you any better. Calvary can. Calvary can. Calvary can make you a better person. It can turn an ex-dolphin, selfish individual like myself, my friend, and make him somebody that, that can hold his head up high in society and contribute to society. Calvary can. Oh, I told you I was going to want to take out my jacket. Because I like this, this mountain. Huh? I've already read this sermon, and it, and it says right there in my notes, take off jacket. No, it doesn't. Uh, but I feel the heat coming on. Calvary can. At the end, when I count to three, let you preach it. You say Calvary can. One, two, three. See, Sinai was a schoolmaster. The law would just tell you how bad you were, but it couldn't make you any better. But because of the cross of Calvary, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can be a better person. The Holy Spirit inside you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Calvary can. It can do the things that, that Sinai couldn't do. Though we need Sinai. Uh, not Sinai. My enunciation. Ah. Uh, See, Sinai proclaimed the law. Calvary proclaims God's love. Loud and clear. As any tall mountain can. In Sinai, God spoke through words. On Calvary, God spoke through actions. Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good. Not just saying good. Doing good. Sinai spoke through words. The Ten Commandments. 613 uh, rules and regulations that we find recorded in the, the, the book the, in Old Testament. There's 613 rules and regulations. But all they do is tell you how bad you were, but they can't get you good. You know, that's what the Bible says. The word is like a mirror. It shows you, man, man, man. Oh, e -ah. oh gosh. Oh, wretched pastor that I am. Oh. See, that, that, that's what the Bible is. It's like a mirror. Ah, but, but the grace of God is like a comb. See, because it shows you how messed up your hair is. But then the grace of God gets it right. Yeah. Cookie, cookie, lend me your comb. No, you get the Holy Ghost for yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go on. At Sinai, God gave us his will. At Calvary, God gave us his heart. Ooh, la, la, so I like that. 
He gave us his will, the Ten Commandments. 613 laws. But at Calvary, he gave us his... For God so loved the world. 490 times per day, he'll forgive you. One time I, I messed up 488. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I was getting close. He's just exaggerating, hombre. Come on. Uh, see, the law has no heart. It doesn't. It just tells you how bad you are. But it can't comb your hair. It can't tell you how to get right. It tell you how bad you are, but it can't tell you how to get good. So we need both mountains. Uh, see, Calvary gives us heart. Oh, and I wrote this down here. Sinai, or the law, is Mark Furman. How many remember who Mark Furman was? A cop. Calvary is Robert Gonzalez. You don't know who Robert Gonzalez is. I'm going to tell you who he is right now. He's a cop. He's a cop who, who was arresting me. And I, was, I had a joint suspended, prison suspended sentence. Uh, they were looking for me. I'd been running for two and a half months. And they got me. Man, I said, oh, man, I'm going back to prison. Well, that's the way it goes. At least I ran for two and a half months. Ran like a champ, bro. They didn't, hey. But he got me. I had to be out here. It was during the day, but hey, a dopey's got to do what a dopey's got to do. So I did it, and he got me. See, but I had gone to school with Robert Gonzalez. Some of you have heard this testimony, but some of you haven't. Uh, I don't know if you know Gonzalez in Santa Paula, Hijo, you know. But he's like the lieutenant now. He's the chief there. Uh, we went to school together, and I used to, I was the quarterback. And he was the center. Uh, he ended up playing for Washington, the university. Well, the guy was bad, 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 bad dude. Okay? But he knows a lot of the stuff he learned. Yours truly taught him. But he was way bigger than me. You know, so he, you know, they need big guys in football. Uh, but man, he, he, he caught me. And he had me. And man, I remember... You know, but hey, it's all right. I could do it. Uh, well, which is true, I could, you know. And then all of a sudden, I look, and I feel something. He uncuffs me. And I turn around, and I look at him, and he's crying. He's crying. And he starts cussing. <laughs> and he get out of here. He didn't have to tell me twice. When I preached in Santa Paula, about two and a half, three years later, he came. He said, Steve, I'm on patrol. I can't come. But I wanted to pay my respects. And just to, I said, Robert, I'm going to preach about you here tonight. I, what I told you right now, I, I preached about that. I said, I want to talk about you, Robert, because if it wouldn't have been for you, Robert, hmm, who knows? But see, that was the grace of God moving upon his life. See, that's the calories we need in our lives. The love. He, he didn't know what he was doing. He responded to love. Uh, and we all need love yeah. in our lives. So Sinai is God's will. Calvary is God's what? Heart. It's his love. See, at Mount Calvary, we meet a God who in the form of his son Jesus Christ is willing to suffer for our sakes and he's willing to suffer freely. Thus, my friend, we too should become like that God ourselves. Willing to suffer for others. Willing to be forgivers. A chip off the old rock. 
If God is love, then we should be too. We should. Uh, do you have that mountain in your life? That Calvary in your life? Uh, are you a better lover? Are you willing to pay the price? And even pray the price uh, to have that mountain in your life? And if so, how tall is that mountain in your life? Because remember, the bigger the mountain, the greater the return. The greater the reward. The greater the blessing. At Sinai, God is on the throne. At Calvary, God is on the cross. At Sinai, God speaks. At Calvary, God cries. I hope you understand that. See, Sinai uh, has no place for sinners. Calvary has no place for nothing else. That's one of the biggest statements I've ever said in my entire life. What I just said right now. Don't let it... Because we're talking about heart. Let me repeat it. Okay? Mount Sinai has no place for sinners. Ah, get away from me. Filthy sinners. But Calvary has no place for nothing else. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Ah, I thank God for Calvary. I thank God. Some of you, if you need forgiveness here tonight, by the end of this message, hey, come to Calvary. Come to the feet of Jesus. Ask Him to forgive you. And I've said it before, there's no greater feeling in all the earth than to know that you're right with God. I mean, I know who I work for and I know who I work with. I know my job and my duty and my responsibility on this planet. And that's to offer new life to people. That's to offer forgiveness. President Clinton wishes he had my job, pobrecito. If he's called, but I, maybe he's called, I don't know. But I know I am. Uh, I mean, what a beautiful vocation I have to be able to offer you eternity, to offer you hope, to offer you salvation, to offer you forgiveness. And I, I, I enjoy seeing people get saved. Ooh, man, it, it, it just gets me. Uh. <laughs> don't tell me you can't see God here on earth. Yeah, you can. Every time somebody gets saved, <laughs> Uh, and I love to see the men like, uh, because there's, you feel squeaky clean uh, all the lights go on because of Calvary the last mountain and with this I close the third final hill that we're going to lift our eyes to look at tonight is Hebron look at Joshua 14 Joshua chapter 14 I will look into the hills where comes my help. The Jew knew where to find help. Do Jew? Huh? Do you? We need these mountain ranges in our lives. Joshua 14, beginning in verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised... He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years young. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Amalekites were there and that their cities were large and well fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephna, and gave him Hebron 
as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephna, the Kezite, ever since. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hallelujah. Now look at Judges, the next book, chapter 1. Judges, chapter 1. Hebron. Verse 9. Do you have it? After that, the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites living in where? The Negev and the western foothills. They advanced against the Canaanites living in where? Hebron. And defeated these individuals there. Verse 15. She replied, this is Caleb's daughter, Do me a special favor. Since you have given me land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. Then Caleb, his father, gave her the upper and lower springs. There in Hebron. See, this last mountain in our lives that will help us, okay, is a mountain made up of exploits. That's what Hebron stands for, exploits. Bible says, Jesus told us, greater exploits than these shall you do. Okay? Greater exploits. Because I go to my Father in heaven. Right now, when I was just reading this portion of scripture there, when Caleb was saying, listen, I'm just as strong today as when I got sent out. Listen to me, man. I'm here to tell you. And I remember the day I came to Hayward, and I'm stronger today than I was then. And I'm going to do more. I'm even tougher for God. You don't believe me? Get the tape in 10 years. Yes, I am. Ooh, I feel it. Been through a lot of mountains, that's why. Boy, do I got help. Uh, I mean, I know what Caleb is talking about. Devil ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, I'm not even going to say pobrecito because he's taking a lot of my friends to hell. A lot of yours too. Can you just sit there and be blessed and hack bad? But he's taking a lot of your friends to hell. Oops. Hallelujah. Let's get out of the valleys. Hebron. Okay. Maybe I'm stronger, but I can't see as good. Exploits. That's what it's talking about here. Uh, and they that know their God, the Bible says, shall do exploits. See, Victory Outreach, if we're not doing exploits, then we don't know our God. Because the Bible says, they that know their God shall do exploits. And like they say in showbiz, you know what I'm talking about, right, Mary? Period. That's it right there. If you know God, you're going to do exploits. If you don't know God, if you're not doing exploits, you don't know God. God is not a pansy. God is not afraid of the devil. God is a great God, an awesome God, a powerful God. How dare you represent God as a whippersnapper, like a little whimsical little, you know, thing. No, 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 no. Our God is a mighty God. Our God is an awesome God. Uh, he'll move mountains. He'll do a number of great exploits through your life and our life, corporately and individually. Hebron, we need that mountain in our lives. Ah, let's go on. Hallelujah. See, we certainly need Sinai, do we not? And we certainly need Calvary. But faith without works is what? Dead. 
We also need mountains of Hebron in our lives as well. When's the last time you brought somebody to church? I got time to wait for your answer. Been here 25 years. Uh, really, when's the last time you, you led somebody to the Lord? No, no, no. Let alone witness. Even if they didn't get saved. But at least you, you, you gave it your wholehearted effort. You put your heart in it. When's the last time you witnessed somebody? Well, listen, my friend, we have five days of revival. And Philip LaCruz told me, Steve, I want to preach salvation messages. I want to see people get saved in the East Bay. So do I. And so do you. I know that. But it's not going to happen, my friend. Success doesn't drop on your lap. You got to go out and earn it. Responsibilities, duties. Oh, we got to witness in faith. And listen, I'm believing for us that are here today. God's going to use the majority of us here to pack out that place this coming Wednesday through Sunday. Fathers, that we have flyers available for you. Posters to put up on, on uh, you know, in, 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 in windows and stuff. We got to do our job. Exploits. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, when's the last time you gave somebody a ride to church? And it says right here, and you leaders... It says, and you leaders should leave the room right now because Pastor Steve's going to, nah. You leaders should lead the way. If you're a leader, then you, you lead by bringing somebody and witnessing somebody. If nobody gets saved, at least make an effort. At least do something that you're supposed to be doing. Hebron. Uh, see, Caleb said, hey, I'm still on fire for the Lord today. Forty years later, as I was when I first got saved, I'm ready for revival. Ah, see, we've studied on Judges before. Caleb, oh, I like this. As I close, as I close, but I like this. Caleb didn't ask for the easy road. He asked for the mountains. Smart dude. He says, let them little youngsters, them wannabes, cholos, little, little, you know, Mocosos. Let them little, little whippers that, 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 that want to be OG. You know, let, let them ask for the little the valleys and, 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 and the, you know, the streams and the meadows and merrily, merrily, merrily. Because Caleb knew the bigger the mountain, the bigger the blessing. I felt like seeing something. But I don't want you to be a sissy. So I'm not going to say it. Uh, but let me tell you something. In this church, we're going to the mountains. We're going to the mountains. We're called to the mountains. You tell the rest of the church this week, hey, man, are you in church Sunday night? No. Get your boots on. We're going to the mountains. Uh, we don't want to settle for mediocrity. Good decisions make good results. Regular decisions get regular results. Great decisions of what we want get great results. That's what we want. See, Caleb understood. Uh, he didn't ask for the easy road. In front of all these youngsters, this never G. 
He asked for the hardest portion of the land. Yet like David later on would later ask and would later learn. This old warrior, Caleb, he knew something that the youngsters didn't know. That though the mountains may be the toughest and the hardest to conquer, they can still be conquered with the help of the Lord from which cometh my help in faith. You belong to a church that five years ago sent a church to Manila. I'm not saying to be proud, but you did an exploit. You've done several, you've done, but there's many more to come. But understand what kind of church you belong to. It wasn't easy. It still is not easy. We went to the mighty men of valor and to God be the glory. It's no big thing for me. It isn't. But people were talking about, oh, Manila, Manila. Oh, you hear about Manila? Manila. Uh, and, be, you know, poor Richard. You don't know what he's, what he's got coming. But I'm going there in two weeks. I'm going to tell him. Uh, Richard, Richard, my son. Uh, because it's going to be, you know, I mean, he preached in an evening service. Uh, Elder Rick Alanis preached in an evening service. Our founder preached in an evening service Sunday Agazzoni. Uh, Philip LaCruz, who's going to be with us this week, preached in an evening service. And Richard Contreras preached in an evening service. I mean, that's, I mean, the talk, I'd have to say about the talk of that men's, you know, Mighty Men of Valor thing was, was a lot of it was Manila, Manila, Manila. Uh, because five years ago, somebody had the audacity to say, we're going we're going to go do this thing. Uh, uh-uh. We're going to get out there and we're going to do what God has called us to do. We can still take those mountains. We need to go to Russia. That's, that's coming. But we need to go other places, people. Yes, we've been talking a lot about Jerusalem and it's Jerusalem time right now. But we need to go to some of these places. My goodness, we have Redwood City, East Palo Alto right here. There's not even a church there. We've got a Bible study there right now. Praise God. But we need a church there. That's probably the worst area in the whole Bay Area. It is. It, it, it's a rugged place. And Carl, the truth, Williams knows that. Hallelujah. Uh, I think you grew up there, right? He knows. He knows. He, 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 he knows what we need there. Uh, but listen, we've got to be about our Father's business. We've got to do these things. Uh, and in, in God's timing, we're going to do it. It's, it's, it's coming. Uh, but we need to do... I mean, who else is going to do it? We're experienced. We know some of these things now. Mountains. We need them. And once these mountains are conquered, they bring the biggest rewards and the biggest blessings. Ask Richard Contreras. Ask Freddie. Ask Nika. Ask Christian. Uh, they bring the biggest blessings, the biggest rewards. Uh, that's... That's why I read you this portion of scripture in, in Judges. Caleb's daughter asked for springs. Uh, because once Caleb had built and conquered that mountain, the man was sticking with blessings. So his daughter said, hey, Papa, can I have some water? Can I have a real nice place over here? And sure, Mia, go ahead. Uh, that's what we're going to be able to do for our children. You want to go to college? It's not going to be easy, but I believe you're going to get there. Uh, you might have to get a part-time job, Miha, but you're going to get there. You might have to come away. Okay, let, 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 let me study with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but you're going to go to college, Miha. Hallelujah. Huh? 
the blessings will be there. Listen, man, so are you listening to me? Man, I hope you, buy it. I hope you want this. Ah, can, you can have this. I sat where you sat. Ah, and I like that one. He said, more. <laughs> it's okay. Ah, that's great. Ooh, but the bigger the mountain. <laughs> ah, but the bigger the mountain, the bigger the blessing. We need to climb these mountains. And we need to be willing to climb them. Ah, yes, a life of genuine commitment and discipleship will not be easy. It's not. We'll ask for more commitment. That's what's going to happen. A life like this is going to ask for more commitment from your life and more finances, more time, more energy than most easy-come, easy-go churches. That's the way Victor Outreach is. But once our exploits have become mountains, the blessings will be manifold. Once Colorado Springs springs into action, hallelujah. Manila's already paying great dividends. I mean, I can hardly wait to see what Russia's going to be like. Ah, we got to go to the Indian reservations, don't we? We got to go to the Indian reservations. I mean, Eli came back to church today, hallelujah. Uh, chief, hallelujah. Ah, God has Eli in our church for a reason. Uh, we, we, the Indian reservations, we got to go get them. I mean, talk about alcoholics. Shush. And we know how to do it. Uh, and we are not too far away from all that. Look at Isaiah 49, and I'm done. Look up. Once these blessings begin to happen, look up. Look up, look up, look up. I will look up unto the hills from which cometh my help. You have Isaiah 49? Beginning in verse 9. It says there, to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, treasure out of darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture in every barren, what? There it is. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. He who has compassion on them will guide them. Skunks will not matter, and lead them beside springs of water. I will turn all my mountains into roads, and my highways will be what? Raised up. I will turn all my mountains into roads. See, they will come from afar, some from the north, some from Colorado Springs, some from Manila, uh, some from Washington, some from Alaska. Shout for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O what? O what? For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. I will look up into my trials. I will look up into the hills from which cometh my help. Don't run from your trials. Count it all joy. Welcome them, James says. Because the bigger the trial, the bigger the blessing. These mountains are going to become roads. I've said it before. Uh, and it's becoming a reality. We're going to be able to go anywhere on this planet and have a victory outreach there. Uh, and we keep the family structure by and large here. We, hey, you know, all right. Where are you from, Victoria J. Hayward? Oh, Hayward. Isn't that where that funny pastor's from? Tell him yes. It's all right. Uh, every head bowed. And every eye closed, please.